a young minister is confronted with the truth. He is subsequently forced by his leaders to decide whether he will leave his home church to follow what he believes or continue in false doctrine. Pastor Sachinga decides to take a leap of faith. Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is the weekly podcast of the True Church of Olathe, Kansas. Now here is the guest host for today's podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another week of Face the Truth. We have an interesting story to share with you today through my conversation with a young pastor from Mizuzu, Malawi. But first, I'd like to remind all of our listeners that we begin our 10th week of revival this weekend. We've had somewhat of a break in our revival services, but we are beginning again this coming Sunday. I am anxiously awaiting the return of evangelist Joe Savala. His ministry has been such a blessing to me personally, and I can't wait to see what God has in store for the Truth Church this weekend. As I talked with Pastor Sachinga, it was an encouraging thing to hear about such a young man who was willing to seek out the truth and not only find it, but follow it wherever it led. The day that we feel like we have everything that God has to offer is the day that we begin to slide into a rut and perhaps even slide backwards in our walk with God. John chapter 16 verse 13 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Apostle Paul said that we are being changed by the Spirit of the Lord into the image of the glory of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We can't become comfortable with where we are today. We have to be willing to continually make adjustments until when we look into the reflecting glass of God's Word, we reflect that glory perfectly. I don't know about you, but I've got a long way to go. I want to continue to be transformed by the Spirit of God. As we will hear, Pastor Sichinga's response somewhat contrasted that of a man who was pastoring the Trinitarian church that he grew up in. When confronted with the same truth in Lalongwe, Malawi, the older man was too stubborn. We can try to imagine the number of variables that that man had to consider, and we do in our conversation. But in the end, it was simply stubbornness. It was his unwillingness to change into the next phase of glory that was available to him. He looked into the glass and saw the difference in his reflection and the glory of God and decided, I like the way I look better. We confront the truth in many ways on a daily basis. When we get up in the morning, we make adjustments based on what we see in the mirror. When we get to work, we make adjustments in order to appease the requirements of our boss. When we get home, we have to make adjustments around the house to ensure our family members are happy. These are all small adjustments that we make when we are confronted with the truth. But I wonder how many are willing, as Pastor Sachinga was, to make the spiritual and theological adjustments necessary to ensure our salvation. At this time, I'd like to share with you my conversation with Pastor Sachinga. As we get started here, I want to kind of let you know, I don't know if you remember this, but the first time I met you was at the compound at the A to Z missions location in Bulawayo. It was at one of the 
leadership meetings. Yeah. I was able to meet you first time there. We've got several pictures with you in them. I, I haven't seen you since that time. So I have some catching up to do with you myself. But by way of sort of introduction, could you let me know and our audience know what your background was before you came in contact with the Truth Conference and A to Z missions? All right, all right, all right. But I first have to thank God for this opportunity. I'm Rodwell Jenga, just the way you put it. At first, before I was introduced to this gospel of the truth, I should say I'm somebody who was born and raised from a Trinitarian family, doing Sunday school, whatsoever thing under the Trinitarian belief. Yeah, that being the fact, that's what I would say I've been believing in. When I got introduced like to the leadership, not of the truth, but in the Trinitarian, yeah, I started ministering under the Trinitarian teachings, believing in the sprinkling, thus as a baptism. We've been baptizing people as we were baptized in the sprinkling. Also, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because that's what we are, that's, that was more like the foundation of everything that was back then. Then from there, even repentance. Uh, in other ways, I may put it like to be born again. That's where we we could tell people or we could believe. It was just a matter of uh, believing in the Lord or accepting the Lord as your Lord and personal Savior. Then that was done. At the same time, yeah, there were a number of things I would say. Even believing that we have three gods, I would say, because we could recognize God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Yeah, all these are the things, uh, I would say, the basis of the belief that I had before being introduced or before knowing the truth, the gospel which was being, which was being preached by the apostles, the gospel which was commissioned by Jesus Christ. Yeah, briefly, that's what I would explain about the past before being introduced to this truth. Where were you located? And where are you located now? Yeah, I've, I've been in the northern part of Malawi, that is Nzuzu. Okay. I've stayed in Nzuzu for so long. I was born in this northern part of Malawi, raised here in the northern part of Malawi. And even till the death of my father, we are settled here with my mom, though, in different locations. I see. So you're based out of Nzuzu, Malawi. You were born and raised there. Yeah. You worked, you mentioned in in your background before coming to the Truth Conference and ADZ Missions, you were working in a Sunday school. So was that a singular church location? Was that one church there in Mizuzu or were there multiple campuses? What was that interaction like? Of course, I've uh, done much of that in Mizuzu, then even in Carter Bay, the very same church, I would say. Got you. But was it under another pastor or were they your churches? What was that? Oh, it was under another pastor. I see. So you were a Sunday school teacher at one of the churches there in Mizuzu and you worked under him. Back then, I was not only the Sunday school teacher. I was also the uh, place team reader. 
but under the Trinitarian okay. uh, teaching. I see. Did your pastor also come to the Truth Conference? Yeah, he came to the Truth Conference, but I think he was not that much convinced. You know, what is happening is that people get to know the truth. But the thing is, they shun away from the truth. They ignore the truth, not because they don't want it, but because they, because of the ego, that unwillingness to, to, to change. So he came sure. to the conference as well. He has attended the conference, but because he's also working under under other people, so he felt like maybe they may fire him, of which it is worth it to, to be fired as long as you've realized the truth. Yeah, so that must have been difficult for you. So do you mind relaying the story when you went to the truth conference and heard the truth? What caused you to change your mind? Certainly it was difficult for you because your pastor was there and he decided not to change his mind, but you went ahead and submitted to the word of truth. How, how did that happen? All right. Something funny happened, read out, say. I had a friend of mine when I was in secondary school. We were very active in these preachings. We call it SCOM here in, in, in Malawi. The, 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 the service, the Christian service that is conducted by secondary school learners. You call it what? SCOM, yeah. So you conduct uh, services like preaching, that is teaching the gospel. Yeah, but though all these were being done by almost every member who, who regard himself as a Christian, so it is either um, Trinitarian, whatsoever. So we are just free to do, like to preach. Then uh, this friend of mine, he was the one that was first introducing to the, 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 this truth. So he has been ministering to me. He has been telling me, you know, this that we've been telling people, this that you're still preaching is not true. I have been introduced to this, and this is really true. At first, you could not believe, but after now reading the words. Another thing that makes people not to realize the truth is that they don't, uh, we like the foundation, I would say. The foundation in terms of, uh, even if you ask the Trinitarian, they won't tell you much about the word from the Bible because they like the foundation. They only know they like what the tradition. They, yeah, as a tradition, something that have been introduced to, of which they cannot even back it up. Yeah, so this right. friend of mine had, had been coaxing me, had been uh, telling me, preaching to me. You know, at first I I was a bit stubborn knowing that uh, I also know the way. That's what I would uh, that's what I was thinking. But afterwards, when he introduced me to the conferences, he invited me over to the conferences when Bishop Regan came to Mzuzu. At first, yeah, I had a, a battle right inside of me. Like, which way should I go? Then I started digging into the words. There were some teachings that were there, like the teachings on uh, uh, what is meant to be born again. Now, it was something like, just if you believe, that's what we used, to, we used to believe, if you believe and accept. Now, there was a question. There is this point that Bishop Regan even asked, between you and God, between us and God, who is supposed to accept the other? Now, I started meditating on this. Of course, it took time for me, and with this friend of mine, you know, he was very close to Bishop Regan. So he used to tell me this, he used to tell me that. Little by little, this in, during the second conference, which was in Lirongwe, I invited this, my senior pastor, literally, because I also wanted him to understand. Because at the time when I was uh, trying to brief him about what I learned, what I was introduced to, he felt like, no, this is not, 
what we believe in. This is not our doctrine. So I introduced him. I, I mean, I invited him over to Lilongwe, where there was a conference. Then from there, that's when he said, no, I will no longer attend these conferences because they are just deceiving us. I feel like, no, but this is the truth. Now, the other thing is that he did not accept because he felt like if you start preaching that truth, you lose people. So here in Africa, of course, I would, I would talk of Malawi. What matters to pastors, what matters to people is having people, having the multitude that maybe will go to hell and not having a, a small number of people that may go to heaven. So he was stubborn and he felt like, no, you are rebelling. There was a time when I was uh, even at Sunday school, when I was teaching the kids, he started like sneaking around to see what I'm teaching. Then this other time he just called me and I was like, no, you are rebelling. I feel like uh, God has spoken to me that you don't belong here. So I think he just to go to where God has called you to. So I was like, no, uh, if the church belonged to God, you wouldn't be saying this. But maybe because you say this is uh, your church, I don't know. That's why you're saying this. But what we want is we need a church that belongs to God so that we can be telling people what is really supposed to be taught to them that is from God. So I started like working together with this friend of mine that reduced me to Bishop Reagan. So we started working together. Then from there, that's where I started getting very close to Bishop Reagan. Now I knew that, okay, this friend of mine is also learning from Bishop Reagan. Bishop Reagan, the one that is introducing this truth to us. So I started being very close to his teachings. And I've been asking a lot uh, regarding the teachings. Whatsoever thing that maybe I feel like I'm being puzzled with, I, I do ask from Bishop Reagan. Yeah, so I think that's what I'll explain regarding what you've asked. So you grew up in northern northern Malawi, Mizuzu area, worked as a Sunday yes. school teacher under another man, came to the truth conference, heard the truth. You didn't yes. convert in that first conference, right? You waited until the conference in Lilongwe before you actually changed. Is that right? Yes, yes. That was the one that I went to, actually. Um, I didn't realize that you were there, but... There was over 800 people in that conference. That was a large conference, one of the biggest ones that we've had thus far. Yeah, when, when we went to the Lilongwe conference, I was already converted. That By that time, I was fighting with my senior pastor. Ah, okay. So you converted on your own after the Truth Conference in Mizuzu? Mizuzu, yeah. Wow, okay. So yeah, then... Uh, at the conference? Then, Were you baptized was, at the conference in Mizuzu? After the conference... No, by that okay. time, Bishop Regan had already gone, so he asked, like, Pastor, uh, Pastor Elon. So Pastor Elon, I went to Pastor Elon and the, the other leaders by then, so they are the ones that baptized me in the name of Jesus. Ah, I see. So. There's another, there's a few other men from Malawi that I, I look forward to talking to. One is Felix Gama. He's uh -huh. one that was, he was actually baptized there when we were in Lilongwe. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking to him. I remember that experience. The Holy Ghost fell down on that back porch. We were staying at a um, at a hotel, and we asked the the owners of the hotel if they had anywhere where we can conduct the baptism. We came around the back and baptized Brother Gama and several others, and Holy Ghost fell down there, and they started speaking in tongues. It was an incredible deal. Okay, but that makes sense. Okay, I understand now. So you went to the Truth Conference in Mizuzu. 
And then afterwards, you made the decision you want to follow truth, and you were baptized by Pastor Aaron and some other leaders there in the northern Malawi area. Then you convinced your pastor to come down to the conference in Lilongwe after that. And then can you pick up the story from there? What happened with your pastor and you? Um, I understand that you began to get closer to Bishop Brigham at that point. Did you and your pastor have a falling out? What happened there? What happened, like, uh, I would first start from taking him to Lirongwe, right? Yeah, then when we went to Lirongwe, it's like after everything, even when people were being called to those that have really uh, believed what was being preached there, those that wanted to be baptized, you know, this, my pastor, was just furious. So... Even the time we got back to Mzuzu, that's when he sat down and uh, with other elders, church elders, they were like, no, this one is deceiving our kids. At the same time, we give him the pulpit. He's not with us. He's coming with the strange gospel. So that's what they told me. They told me like, okay, I think God has been speaking to me, like to him, that I don't belong there, so I have to go where I belong. Yeah, that's what I was told. And I was like, that's where I was saying I responded to him like, okay, you know, I felt like maybe what we're doing here is for God, you know, because you cannot just suck a person if you you, you are saying what I'm doing is wrong and yet you're claiming that this church belongs to God. So he, he, he was like, say, he was saying like, I am rude, but I tried. I tried to tell him the truth. Mm-hmm. I tried to explain. I was like, no, at first this is what I was thinking as well. I thought maybe this was not true, but after understanding. Now, come to think about all these things that you believe in. Think about them. And yet, where are these things being backed up? Now, that's when you realize this is just a tradition that you've been introduced to and you believe that this is real. But come to uh, give the Spirit, give the Holy Spirit that power to enlighten you and you realize what I'm saying. Now, I came to realize that you're just caring for his job, uh, like pastoring being the job. So he felt like coming in with a new doctrine who jeopardize his job. So that's what happened. Then after, after after this happened, that's when now I'm saying I came like full-time working with uh, Pastor Elon. So we've been together. But much, I could rely on Bishop Reagan. That's what I was yes. saying. Wonderful. So what was next steps after that? You mentioned you got closer to Bishop Reagan and Pastor Aaron. Did you start your own church at that point, or uh, at, what was at the that, next step in your ministry? At that point, I did not start my own ministry. Uh, I joined uh, Pastor Elon's ministry. So we were working together with Pastor Elon. Then to the point, I opened a branch, which is close to my place. Of course, it's a bit far from where Pastor Elon is. So I opened a branch this other side. So I've been ministering like that. Until uh, now. I see. So you're still with Pastor Aaron. And you said you opened a a plant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a branch. But still under Apostle Elon's ministry. Got you. Wonderful. That's wonderful news. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're still working for God. And can you give me a testimony of souls that have been converted lately to the truth under your ministry? Men and women and children that have received the truth where you're at there. Is the city Mizuzu or is there a different name for the city that you're working in right now? Do you say Blanche? 
Yeah, still still in the city of Mzuzu. Okay. Still in the Mzuzu, but it's a bit far from where Pastor Elon is. Yeah, a lot of okay. people, a lot of people I would say have heard the gospel. But now the thing is, uh, which is being seen as a difficult part is that people are reluctant to change, they're refusing to change. Of course, we have people that have been converted. You know, sometimes to be converted, there are other people, there are the other converts that are there just to see what is happening. What is it that these people are talking sure. about? Uh, but there are people that have really converted, that have really accepted the truth that we're working with. Some of these are the people uh, uh, we've been introduced to our conferences, uh, the conferences that we do have these quarterly conferences. We, we've introduced them there, we're working with them. Like I've said, serious problem that we're having is people are not grounded in words. Now, because they're not grounded in words, they still go with the tradition. That's where this is very common in Africa. I don't know about America, but in Africa, you find people would go to a church where miracles are being preached. That's why you're having that. You, 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 you might have noticed that these TV pastors, it's not that they don't know the truth. They know the truth, but they divert from the truth because they want to have people. They want to convince people. People want to hear deception. When you're telling them the truth, they will run away from you. That's what, that's what is commonly happening here. So when they hear somebody talking of, oh, if you want a miracle, you will come. But now a miracle cannot happen. A miracle cannot take place if you are not a child of God. Right? And that's why people are being deceived. These are the miracles that are happening, miracles from the devil. They don't care. So that's the problem that maybe we are having. But all you know, we have people and we feel glad whether we're having a few number of people. As long as these people were having that assurance that these are going to heaven, that's the, the, the great thing I would say. Yeah, what you alluded to just then is the fulfillment of what Apostle Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and 3. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So there are people that will that will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. There are a lot of people out there that they're not really interested in the truth. What they're interested in is things, the Bible says, after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So if they if they want prosperity, they'll find a teacher that'll teach prosperity. If they want a healing, they'll find a teacher that'll teach healing. If they want miracles and, and signs and wonders, those are the kinds of teachers that they heap to themselves, the Bible says, and they'll ignore the truth altogether. That's why it's important. And, and I believe that the, the miracles, the signs and the wonders, the Bible says uh, signs and wonders, wonders in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, shall follow them that believe. So I believe the so, signs and wonders will happen, but we've got to get the, the cart behind the horse, so to speak. We, exactly. have to, we have to prioritize the truth over our tradition, over the miracles, over our needs, and then we will have the miracles and and other things that scripture teaches. And so I believe what you're witnessing there in Africa is exactly the same thing that's happening here in America, which is people are they're heaping to themselves teachers after their own lusts. In order to do that, you have to have teachers that are teaching after the ways of man. The Bible says in another passage of scripture in the Old Testament that men did what was right in their own eyes. I often think that we are witnessing today a modern version of that. Not only 
not only in Africa, as you pointed out, but also here in America. Pastor Rodwell Sachinga, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's very correct. All right. Well, pa Pastor Rodwell Sachinga, I am so thankful for your valuable time. Say hello to Pastor Aaron for me right. and others that are there. I look forward to seeing you the next time that I'm in Malawi and or Zimbabwe for one of those conferences or South Africa or where in, wherever in Africa we we meet again. I would I cannot wait to get over there and greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue doing what you're doing, my brother. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And uh, I, I have to be honest, I'm very much honored and, and uh, I feel happy that I've talked to you. You know, we talked. I even for, I even forgot who you are, but now uh, it's like the memories are, the memories are flashing. I remember you now. Uh, and um, keep on the work that you are doing there in America. You know, sometimes it may look very small, very simple, but something is happening. Really, you are that passion for Africa, the passion that Bishop Regan has for Africa. We just hope and believe. We pray that that passion should 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 continue growing. You know, it is really changing lives. You know, like what I've said earlier on, it may seem to be a hard ground to break, but uh, we know uh, God is the God of time. When the time is right, things will work out. And that's what I believe. And what you are planting here in Africa will not just go futile. It will really produce the fruit. And uh, God is always happy with what is happening. And um, really, we are very happy. Like you've said, we can't wait to see you as well. We miss you. That's what I was talking to Bishop Reagan. said, no, I'm, I miss Africa. Yeah, we didn't miss you, more especially here in Malawi. We miss you a lot. One thing that stood out to me was when Brother Sachinga's pastor confronted him over what he believed. He said that he was rebelling against God. Pastor Sachinga said that if the church belongs to God, then we should be preaching the same thing. But... Perhaps because this is not God's church, and this is your church, that is the reason we are preaching a different message. Apostle Paul seems to agree with him. He told the Galatians in chapter 1 verse 8, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. He repeated the same sentiment in verse 9. He also told the Ephesians that there is one body, referring to the church, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Apostle Paul makes it crystal clear that if we are in God's church, then there is only one message that is available for us to preach. I want to ensure that I have the right message. I hope you all are enjoying these conversations as much as I am, because next week we'll have another one with a pastor from Africa. Until then, Lord bless. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week. Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, 
our YouTube page, and our website, olathetruth.com slash live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.